This is Line Dance Podcast. I'm Christopher Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to Line Dance Podcast. What is your name? Jamie Marshall. And what is your primary role in the line dance community? Well, I instruct, I judge, I'm known for emceeing. My background is I started in the late 90s and I was the very first world champion female line dancer in Mm. both advanced, open, showcase, and superstars. So I've been around a while. Wow. What are some dances that we might know of yours? Uh, Backstreet Attitude Mm -hmm. is one of them that has been around and it's considered a classic. Shownuff has been taught all the way around the world. Bombshell Stomp, Atlantis. So there's there's a few, but there's so many great dances out there. It's 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 a tough market. I'm going to jump right in and ask about Bombshell Stomp. What can you tell us about that dance? Oh, there's a there's a great story mm-hmm. on Bombshell Stomp. Uh, Karen Hedges, who is an instructor and she's a co-director with John Robinson at Dancing Up a Storm in Kansas City. So she calls me one day because we've been friends a very long time. And she says, oh, I've met this group of this couple of girls. They're fantastic artists. And she teaches at a bar called uh, Whiskey Tango in Kansas City. She goes, they've got this cool song. I want uh, to choreograph a dance to it. I'm like, great. So she sent it to me. You know, I'm real busy all the time because I work full time in addition to traveling two or three weekends a month. So I phrased out the song and... The phrasing wasn't real good, as you know, because of our bonuses and the restarts. So I was like, oh, man, you know, it's going to be tough. But I knew that I was going to see Karen at her event in a couple of weeks. So I just said, hey, Karen, let's just work on this when I get to Kansas City, thinking that she would be too busy and not have time to do it. So I get there, and she's like, hey, let's go in and choreograph the dance to the bombshell, the bombshell stomp. Bombshell's the group. And it's without the B. A lot of people can't find it, but it's B-O-M-S-H-E-L. So we went in her office, and you know, it just happened. We choreographed that dance within 15 minutes. Wow. Wow. 15 minutes, yes. But it was all about the mindset Mm -hmm. and keeping an open mind and letting the music tell you what you do. Because it does. Stomp to the right, stomp to the left. So it just... You know, when it started out, we do the little hill, hill. And of course, I was living in Tennessee, so I'm like, oh, I hear banjos, hill, hill, like the hee haw. But within 15 minutes, that dance was finished. And we taught it that weekend for the first time, and it took off. But what was really sad is the artist, they never released that song really to radio. It was taught all over the world. It was voted one of the top dances in the world. And another little key thing is the manager of Bombshell, his name is Chuck Howard. He was the manager of the Judds when they got started. So he has been around. He's now making some really cool movies and stuff. So Chuck Howard is the one that uh, was managing Bombshell. But we got to meet the girls. We went over to Chuck's house. Karen flew in. And it's just a great story about... You know, benefits of loving to dance. So that's a that's a very cool little story about Bombshell Stomp. Hmm. You you mentioned uh, before we started recording that you are friends with Joe Thompson Szymanski. What can you tell us about your friendship with her? Oh gosh, Joe, Saint Joe. Mm. <laughs> that's what I call her, Saint Joe. Exactly. Um, I met Joe Thompson uh, back in the late '90s when I first started dancing. I had no dance background whatsoever. 
and I started dancing, but my style of dancing was quite different than what your typical line dancers were back then. You know, you had the, the very structured and the, you know, the waltzes and, and I was very relaxed and I was the one that was doing the body rolls and just, you know, letting the music move me on what I felt. So I couldn't win any type of competition locally because I was a different style of dancer. So um, a friend of mine said, hey, they're having some kind of little dance competition up in Cincinnati. You should go up there. So it just so happened, you know, it's all God's path. Mm. And I went to, there used to be an old Coyotes in Fort Mitchell, Kentucky. So I was supposed to be going to the Firecracker UCWDC event in Dayton, Ohio, but I went to Coyotes by mistake. They were having a CMT contest there, and Joe was the MC. Hmm. She taught um, Country Ranch Romp. Is that what oh, Dance Ranch Romp. Dance Ranch Romp. She taught that dance that night, and what they did is you learned the dance, you got out on the floor, and you competed. And they would choose four girls and four guys. And then they had the contest the previous week, so at the end of it they had eight girls and eight guys, and you would come back the next week and compete for $1,000. Wow. So that was when I first met Joe Thompson. I met Max Perry at that event, and then also Greg Underwood, who was the choreographer for Crazy Legs back in the 90s. Oh, we still do that. Yes, yes. That was one of our very first competition dances, Crazy Legs. So I met Jo, just, man, she's just so special. And um, I actually ended up winning that contest. Um, I won $1,000, and out of 250 points, I scored 246. Wow. So, but I went home and I practiced my tail off to get that dance and do my variations. And that's when I started spinning and I wore a cowboy hat and I did a hat trick and just a lot of things have changed. And then um, when I won my first world championship, um, it was me and John Robinson, Roy Verdonk, and Pedro Machado. Wow. We were the four. Um, Joe worked with Alan over in the UK, and Joe and myself and Pedro went on a three-week tour mm. to nine different cities in England. So, you know, when you room with somebody, you get to know them a lot. But there is not another Joe Thompson-Skamansky. There will never be another Joe Thompson-Skamansky, and we're blessed to have her. She, we've done several cruises together. She comes to, you know, our event in Fort Wayne. She's just one of a kind, and you'll never meet a nicer lady, mm. never. And I, I always think of her mother, Rita. Mm. What a wonderful woman she must have been to have Joe. Now I'm crying, but I love her. Yeah. So. I feel that way about Anna, actually. <laughs> yes. I think Anna's just a delight, and I think that has everything to do with Joe and, and Tim. Absolutely, absolutely. And I look at that, and I see Joe taking Anna down that path of all the exceptional things. You know, Tim, Joe's husband's exceptional too on the way that they met and oh God, the yes. pickup lines that he used <laughs> to get her, but it's it's very special. Joe and I, we're just, you know, you read about the things and you say, you know, we don't get to see you a whole lot, but when we do see each other, it's like there's never been any time that's passed. So she's, you know, talented, sweet, just her music background, her beauty inside and out. And you know what? She's an angel. She's an angel here on earth that shows us you never give up. Mm -hmm. so. 
Um, you mentioned uh, emceeing, that she was emceeing, and now that's something that you do. What can you tell us about the responsibilities of being an MC that are different from, like, say, the DJ? Uh, some people would think those would be uh, completely overlapping, but there's a different skill set for emceeing. There is a different skill set, and, you know, um, the reason that I enjoy it so much and it's so easy for me is because I've been around for so long and I know most everyone. Mm. And I think it's the respect of where they let me pretty well say what I want to say. You know, for, I would never, ever say anything to hurt anyone's feelings. It's all about fun and about I'm very quick to respond to people and to talk about situations and make people laugh. And you've got to be able to do that, the time fill in. Whereas DJs, you know, you play a song, you play a song, you play a song. Now, I'm not taking anything away from being a DJ because it's a tough job to keep the floor full, to make sure you know who knows what and when to have a really good mix. It's not an easy job at all. In scenes the same way, you've got a you've got a schedule. So you have to be aware of what's going on and how much time you have. And you have to read the crowd, you know, and then you have to come back at them and say things. But uh, I usually do research, and I always have a topic to talk about. And, you know, we'll fill it in, whether it's I've done, uh, gosh, I've talked about the history of toilet paper. It's just really funny, some funny jokes, some funny facts I talked about candy. I've, I've talked about different animals and the, the jokes that go with animals and we talk about what's on reality TV. So there's a lot of different things that we talk about and you just have to think of a subject, do your homework and research it and then just hope that everyone likes it. Hmm. So that's what I do. What can you tell us about the different events that you've been associated with? Oh goodness. Well, the very first event that I need to talk about is the event that my husband and I are directors for. It's called the Fort Wayne Dance for All. It's uh, always scheduled the first Saturday of March. It's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, the event is over 20 years old and it's absolutely one of a kind. It was one of the first ones that I went to with Joe Thompson and Max Perry and Greg Underwood. So all the, the instructors there. Uh, it started out as a charity event. It's still a charity event. We raise money each year for a selected charity. Um, our event is one of a kind because we offer six to seven classes an hour. We do line dance. We do ballroom. We do couples. We do clogging. We do pattern partner. We have specialty classes on how to cut and design a t-shirt. Uh, John Robinson does a great two-hour class on how to choreograph a dance and write a step sheet. We have um, a special two- to three-hour class on managing your music by your computer, some, which computer softwares to use for your music editing. It's, we have the Zumba. And then we also are known for our shows that we do on Saturday night that's a full-blown-out production with props and voiceovers and dancing and it's but it's always less than an hour and this coming year if the date's March 1st to the 4th and it's called that's entertainment so we're going to go back as my husband Barney and I are grandparents and we're going to go back and relive how things have changed like when we started out when we met let's say years ago and then you come through you have people's life paths like you have maybe you served in the service uh, to having children, to, you know, your job changes, to growing old, 
and then how things have changed. So we're going to go back and revisit all the, the different stages of music and dance in this one. Last year it was The Wizard of Oz. It was absolutely the most fantastic show I've seen. And I'm not saying that because it's ours, but it was fantastic. So Fort Wayne is fabulous. It's like $75 for the weekend. Um, we have a beautiful facility. Um, we average around 750 dancers from 30 some odd states and a few countries. So it's really fun. So we hope you check it out at www.fortftwayndanceforall.com. Um, other events, I travel two to three weekends a month. Plus, I work full time, so it's a really hectic schedule. But you know, we take it all for granted because it's your, it could go away today. Mm. But I love all the JC dance productions. You know, Jen and Jason do a great job. So I'm always at Boston. I'm always at Orlando. I'll be at Atlanta. I'll be at the the Tampa that's now Orlando. Uh, I love Windy City. Mark and Eve do a great job there. Um, Betty Moses, I, I go to Colorado and go to Dance, Dance, Dance. Uh, J.P. Potter, Spring Fling in San Diego. That's a fun event. All of them are different, but you know, it comes down to the final core of having a dance family and going having a good time. Because if you're dancing and you're not having a good time, you've got some other issues that you need to deal with, mm. you know? But you know, I go, you know, Patrick has floor dance. I'm going to Virginia for the first time this year. I do uh, celebrate dance in Toronto, Canada. I go to Judy McDonald's event in St. Catherine. So do I have a favorite event? Yes, my event. <laughs> but other ones, you know, I just, I'm just so blessed. I have so many friends that allow me to do this. It's, and it's because of the dancers that allow me to do this. And I'll never ever not recognize that are there any things that you do personally to ensure that everybody at an event is having a good time and wants to come back the following year because we've heard things like stay in the ballroom talk to the people who are sitting alone what what are some things that you do to ensure that an event is memorable and fun for people well first of all you never ever let the dancer see that there is something not going perfect mm. Okay, um, and that's something that we really, really emphasize on our, our instructors. You know what, you may be having a bad day, but we're not paying you to have a bad day. You're gonna be happy, and you're here for the dancers, so if they come up and speak to you, you speak back very courteously and very friendly. And then we actually have it in our contracts, they have to be in the ballroom for three hours a night. We don't allow them to set up at the DJ booth with the DJ. You're here for the guests. One of the things that I do is I'm there when people walk in the door to greet them. I think I hug every person that comes to our event. Hmm. And I am standing at the door when the event's over on Sunday afternoon with a little pad and a, paper, a pencil. And as people are leaving, I hug them by and I'll say, is there anything that I need to know? Is there anything that I need to know? Because they may not feel comfortable in coming and, you know, some people will come and let you know, but some people are just like, oh, it doesn't matter. But it does matter. It does matter. Because if there's something that you question or maybe you don't like, let me explain it to you. If I can do it, of course I'm gonna do it. But you have to also remember that people can be pretty petty at times. 
but that doesn't mean you don't listen to what they have to say. So you make sure that it's affordable. You make sure that they're having a good time. And if you do see somebody, you know, that's a great thing to say is if you see somebody sitting by themselves, you know, most of the time it's line dancing. You shouldn't have to have somebody with you, but you should also never, ever dance alone. And that I think that's one of the benefits. Um, I started dancing. I had no dance training whatsoever, but a friend of mine that we were doing our class reunion many, many, many years ago, she was taking classes. And, you know, I, I tell everybody, I was like, she invited me to a class. I was getting ready to go through a divorce, so I always tell everybody dancing was my divorce therapy. You know, so you're never alone in the dance community, but it's also up to you to approach someone else to talk to them. It's like making calls to your friends. Telephone lines go both ways, and so does friendships. So I don't know of anybody that would ever turn their back on a, a, a new dancer that would come up and want to talk to them. At least not my event, because I've ever heard about it. It wouldn't be pleasant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but you're right. That's I think that's some of the benefits of just knowing that you're there and you want to know what the response is, um, and take a personal approach about it. That's the thing. So, yeah, for every event that you go to, that is great and is an amazing experience. That's another event that you have to leave and go home um, you know, afterward from. What? Megan and I have been talking about this recently. What would you recommend for beating those post-event blues of just going back to real life and all that other stuff? Well, I think what you have to think about is, first of all, I never have time for that. Lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm very fortunate. You know, I've been traveling two to three times a month. Um, I work full-time. So I've got to get back in my work mode on Monday. I teach Zumba and dance two to three times a week. So my poor husband, he's my angel that watches over me to help me out. As far as, you know, becoming down or depressed, and I think it could be a couple of things um, that could help you is it maybe because you're on this high with all your friends Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're alone. Mm -hmm. But we have such great social media, you know, you can, you know, you can start even a group and let's talk about the event or, you know, message your friends and call them and talk about what was your favorite dance and, you know, go back and, you know, if you start feeling down, get up and do the dances that you learned. That's what you, that's what you went there for, right? So, and then, you know, then you start preparing for the next time. Now, not everybody is as fortunate as I am to where I go, 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 go. I'm actually happy to be home. But at the same time, I can see because it is a downer. It's kind of like after you open your last Christmas present. Mm. It's like Christmas is over, but it's not. We have so many, you know, and that's maybe that's something that you need to to sit down and and do almost like an agenda on, you know, the pros and cons. What was good? You know, why am I feeling down? What did I not like about the event? You know, and shoot the event director an email. They'll respond back to you. And that way you can keep yourself involved where you don't hit that bottomless, you know, like blah. Mm -hmm. So you can do that and then kind of look to see what the popular dances are and, and take initiative to learn them so you're ready. And then, you know, call some friends and say, hey, I learned this great dance. Come over and let me teach you. So what if it's just one person? You're still dancing. Mm -hmm. 
and that'll keep you up until the next one comes around. So that's the that's the fun thing to do, I think. Mm -hmm. You mentioned uh, emailing the event director. What uh, would be the best way people could contact you if they wanted to message you for any reason? Well, uh, Facebook is just slammed full all the time. So I think that if you need to email me, my email is T H E. So it's the Jamie Marshall with two L's, T H E J A M I E M A R S H A L L at att.net. So you can always email me there. Um, hey, if anybody wants to talk to me, my telephone number is 615-207-5207. You know, I'm always there for your friends because you know what? My friends are always there for me. And it's always good to talk to someone that may not know who your friends are and you have a very clean slate to get the honest opinion about things because there's always two sides to every story there really is and you can talk about things and I get messages all the time on Facebook my Facebook is Jamie Basham B-A-S-H-A-M Marshall so that's how you can find me on Facebook but I have people that call me all the time or they'll send me messages and say this is what happened or they'll send me a video of their dance and say what do you think about this and it was really great because I was watching the the competitors today and you know I've been doing it a long time a lot of them had contacted me and I'd already seen their dance and they'll say what do you think and I'm saying well this is what I see and this is maybe what I would recommend on an arm or something and it just it just my heart overflows when I see them take my advice and do it. So when you see me smiling back there, there's something going on in my mind that's triggered it to where I'm very happy about it. But, you know, I started this with the help of other people. You got to give it back. Mm. And that's what I do. So... If anybody out there needs me, I'm here for you. <laughs> Assuming you have the ear of millions of line dancers right now, what is something that you would want to communicate with them? Maybe some advice or uh, something for them to think about, something for them to do, uh, just something that you'd like to share? Um, one of the things that I always um, try to ex tell people is you've got to determine on the type of dancer you want to be. Okay. Do you want to just be the social bar dancer? Because we have different we have different levels of dancing. You have your social bar dancers, and then you have your social workshop dancers, and then you have your social or your professional dancers that have the training background and stuff. And it depends on where you want to go. Some people don't want to learn technique. They just want to come and dance and have a good time, you know? Um but if you want to be serious about it and go to, to get established on where people will look at you and they'll look at your dances and stuff, um, then you've got to look at your technique. And the thing about it is if you want your dances done right, you've got to know, is he just over-rotating the body or is she doing a quarter turn? You know what I mean? You've got to be able to execute your steps correctly. And I've told dancers um, what really brought my dance up to the next level is I actually went in and learned some couples dancing, foot placement. You know, NTA's been around a long time. Um, they're trying to build back, but, you know, foot placement on the floor, you know, your feet should always be in one of five positions anytime that you're stepping on the floor. And your body movement. And that's so important, and that will gain your respect on it. And that's what I would like to see more of. Um, 
I teach a, quite a bit of technique in my classes, but I make it fun. I don't make it to where it's like I'm a, a professor that is lecturing to you. I make it fun with analogies that you'll remember, you know, like when I do the cha-cha, you know, it's the rolling of the foot and the knee that move the hips. And I'll say, okay, you're going to drop a pee on the floor and you're going to roll your foot over and smash it. And I make them understand that that's the movement of the hips. You know, the, the sailor step, how to execute that, um, the way that you're balanced when you step, a step is a commitment. So I'd like to see more of things of that. And I think that's what helps people the most is the execution of the steps. It makes a lot of difference because people are more apt to do a dance that's executed properly than somebody that's way out there. Uh, that just doesn't look as smooth as they should, I guess. But dang, you know what? You got to give them props. They're out there having a good time. And that's what it's all about to me. So, You had an interesting way of explaining part B of stomp your feet. How yes. do you help people remember that? <laughs> stomp your feet. Uh, my gosh, Shane is a genius, is he not? Um, it's so funny because I have to... You know, there's a lot of great dances out there, and people say, how do you remember all of it? And I just come up with funny stories, and it's, and it's actually like the same way that they teach you all the medical terms in medical school, because they're so technical. But on Stomp Your Feet on Part B, if you do, you know, I'm safe, you do your hands like an empire, I'm safe, and then you put your fingers to the heads like, I don't know, you know, you tilt your head, and then when I do the over, I'll do spread the love. So it's, I'm safe, I don't know, spread the love. And then you come into the funky arm movements. So when you bring your hand up, I have, I'm doing this here, showing them, by the way, while I'm doing this. So you have your arms up. So I said, oh, that looks like a snake looking at me. So snake, and then you have another snake, and then you press it down on the ground. So you, you press down towards the ground and then you slide it over. And then as you wave your hands, you know, when you think about a snake, the way that it moves on the ground, so it's on the ground, you roll your wrists, it slivers away, and then run. So you go, I'm safe, I don't know, spread the love. Snake, snake, on the ground, sliver away, run. Nice. So that's your beat. So <laughs> Very easy to remember. Yeah, it is. It is. And it makes it easier. And I'm excited because tonight's show, the kids are going to be doing some of that. So oh, I get to work with them for an hour this afternoon. Are there thoughts that we have from Megan before we get to the last question? Oh, there's there's Megan. so much. I could probably talk to you for hours. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, I guess one of the things, because you've been doing this and you've been around for a while, what are some of the changes that you've seen that you think are just headed in like the best direction versus maybe some that you're kind of like, you know, I kind of miss that? Yes. Well, it's almost like a double-edged sword. When we first started, when we'd go to an event, you know, there wasn't as many line dancers around, right? So we would all, um, we never missed a class. But we only had one to choose from. So it was one line dance workshop room. So all the dancers would all be in that room all day and all night. And we all learned the same dance. You know, but we didn't have a million choreographers. Everybody wants to be a choreographer. Mm -hmm. You know, we had the Joe Thompsons, the Mike Perrys, the Scott Blevins, the, you know, Greg Underwoods. Um, 
you know, Peter Metalnik did very well. Then we had James Kellerman, who I don't even know if he dances anymore, but he was fantastic. And then the John Robinsons and the Pedros and then myself. So when we first started out, you know, we didn't have but four or five instructors that would teach us. So we would, we would take every one of their classes and then we would all be in the ballroom that night and we would dance every dance until it closed. There wasn't a dance that everyone did not know. Mm. Now, holy smoly, how do you keep up with everything? Mm. How do you pick, you know, which ones to learn? And I think, you know, back then it was, it's just so special. And now it's just so much to keep up with. And a lot of times there's so many great dances that won't get noticed because of unknown choreographers. So, you know, if I can suggest anything, you know, Copper Knob is such a great website. George is phenomenal on what he does. You know, go through and just take a glimpse at them and look at them. Um, I think that's what I miss more than anything. And nowadays, with so many people wanting to be choreographers, I think that they are asking themselves, do I have to put everything that I know in this dance to make it look good? And I'm just thinking, you know, sometimes less is better. You know, don't put every turn and every syncopation and everything is so theatrical now. And for someone that may be interested in line dancing when they see that, I don't think it's what they want to do. Does that make sense? It can be intimidating. It's very yeah. intimidating. To whereas if you get out there and show some of the basics and you show it clean, they're like, I think I can do that if I just have a little bit of practice. But this other stuff, you know, I've been doing it for years and I watched some dances today and I was like, oh my goodness, that would take me a little bit of time to practice. <laughs> but, and I think that's something that maybe we need to pull back on a little bit. But... Again, it's exciting that people want to extend and they want to overachieve. And that's good for them, but you also have to remember that you're going to limit your audience quite a bit composed to when you look at the classic dances that are still around, they're still floor fillers. So I think it's just what you want to look at, but I miss it. I miss that more than anything, I think. That do it, but I'm excited because I got a lot of new friends, mm -hmm. and there's a lot more people. But you know, we need to get some more young people involved. Who do you think provide good examples as far as people we should be looking at or dances we should be looking at that do keep things simple and fun? Um, Jamie Marshall. I'm just kidding. <laughs> the Jamie Marshall. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you know, uh, gosh, there's so many, but there's so many that. Um, it depends on the level of dances that you want to learn. Sometimes people don't want to learn anything easy. They want that challenge. Uh, of course, I love Shane, Gary O'Reilly. I love uh, Darren Bailey. Love Darren and Amy. You know, all of them are so good. And then we have our, you know, Larry Bass is a great choreographer. You know, he did, John Robinson, you know, that's a whole different story <laughs> between John Robinson and myself. You want to you hear my story with John Robinson? Please, yes, Please. absolutely. Okay. So John Robinson and I are like brother and sister. And a lot of people don't know this, but when I met John, um, 
I met him at Fort Wayne before we took the event over back in the 90s. So we just became instant friends. And at that time, there was an event in Louisville called Derby City Dance Classic. So I said, John, you know, because John competed, that's when he won with Fresh on the choreography contest up there. I beat him in the line dance competition, but he beat me in choreography. So we became very good friends. And I said, John, hey, you know, they've got an event coming up in Louisville. Why don't you come down and stay with me and um, we'll go to the event together. We became very good friends. And um, John wanted to start traveling and do what he does. That's what he does for a living. So he came and lived with me for a year so he could kick off his travel, his career. So that's how we are very, very close and being brothers and sisters. But, you know, he's such a fabulous instructor. He's such a fabulous dancer. He does great choreography. But we're kind of like um, in the same boat to where why do we have to think about dances when there's so many other good ones out there that I can just teach? Mm. You know, there are instructors out there that only dance their dances, and that's sad mm. because people recognize it. But I will never be those type of instructors. You know, Rachel White—we call her McWhite. Mm. <laughs> Rachel is in a class all her own. You know. I applaud her for wanting to step back a little bit because I love her husband, Paul, and I know she wants a family. Priorities in order. This is a hobby. This is a hobby for most. So good for her. Uh, of course, Joe, you know, I'd like to see more of Max Perry to come back out because he's a genius mm. with his dancing. But it's just, you know... It, there's so many out there, you know, I could go through because I teach a lot of different people's dances. But the only thing that I would ask people to do is when you look at new dances that are released, give everybody a fair share of your time. You know, not everybody's going to like what you like. But at the same time, there's probably a good one that you missed. You know, Will Craig, I do a lot of Will Craig's dances. But the thing about a lot of things is you take the time to learn them and then how long are they going to be around? Yeah. And do you teach them at home or are you just going to learn them? A lot of times I'll learn them so I have my, I don't learn a lot of the new dances. Mm. They're out there and I love watching them. But, you know, I'm so busy. Do I, do I learn every dance that I can? Or do I select the ones that I think that's going to be around that I'm going to enjoy and then I'll be able to teach elsewhere? Mm-hmm. What is, what is the secret to a dancer's longevity, if there is one? I don't know if there is one. Mm. I think that, uh, I think music is number one key. Mm. If people like the music. Um, and I think it, it depends on how often maybe it's taught in an event. I think a lot of instructors have fallen into the oh my gosh, I taught this at the last event, I'm not going to be able to teach it at this next event because they think that if people know it, they won't come to their classes. But that doesn't bother to me. If I've been teaching a lot of the same dances since April. Hmm. But they're great dances. And when people come up, they're like, we've been doing, you know, Change My Ways, you know, the guys across the pond, Jose and Roy and all of them. 
we've been doing that since you taught it and we loved it. So I think sometimes we forget that not everybody knows everything. But I love, if it's a good dance, I want to teach it at every opportunity that I can to teach as many people as I can. So it'll be out there. And I think that is probably one of the key elements in a, a dance staying around a little bit longer is repeat and let more people learn it to do it in the, in the music. I think the music is great. All right. Well, one final question before we let you get back yep. out to the event. What dance would you recommend everyone learn right now? Right now? Right now. Everyone. It can be an old one. It can be a new one. So you don't have you. Oh, wow. I'm just trying to think of some of them. Right now, um, I'll give you two. Deal. Mm -hmm. And it's the two that I've been teaching. Um I love the Look Good Again by Darren Bailey. I heard this song come out when it first came out by Drake White, and I was like, wow. But it's going to take a special dance because of the timing. And Darren choreographed this for his new wife, Amy. And Amy taught it at JP's event in San Diego, and I was, I was thrilled because of the song. And it's just a great, it's 32 counts. It's not hard, but it's the timing that's gonna get you there. And then another, the Change My Ways. Um, man, it's a great cha-cha. Now it says, I'm gonna give you a little dance technique tip here. The dance says it's intermediate advanced. Don't let it scare you. Because the reason it does that, and I always ask the class, okay, how many people know Take Me to the River that's got that turn with the sweep? Mm -hmm. It's got that in it. Most people know that dance, so it's easy to teach. It's got the same turn as Take Me to the River. How many people know Lay Low, the step half turn triple back? So that has in it. So that's why it's bumping it up. Mm. Plus, you over-rotate a sailor step that puts you on the diagonal. Mm. So when you read the step sheet, it says eighth turn, eighth turn, which can be intimidating. But if you're teaching your class, remember you're facing, let's just say, 12 o'clock. And if you turn a quarter, you're at 3 o'clock. So if the step sheet says turn an eighth, half of a quarter just go to the corner mm -hmm. and eighth is always to the quarter or to the corner so if you teach it that way over rotate now you're on the diagonal so now we're going to dance to the corners for a while so that'll get you through that dance but I love the uh, look good again and change my ways those are my two favorite dances and I just uh, started teaching Rachel's let it out it's an ambitious so, one that's yeah that one's not too bad but it's good. Of course, nobody can make it look like Rachel. But and my one of my all-time favorites from last year was Pieces by Dustin. Oh, mm, so pretty. Man, I posted on it. I cry when I do that dance because I tell people, you can get up and learn whatever steps you need to learn. But if it don't make you feel like a dancer, something's wrong. You're not listening to what's going on. But Pieces is, and I learned Straight to the Castle by Joey. That's a bear, but it's so much fun. <laughs> That's a fun one. So anyway, you asked me for one, I just gave you like 10. Right. But <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you so much for this opportunity, dancers. I hope to see you soon. Oh, yes. definitely. All right. Well, we will, we will see you out there.